Hey, I'm Ruben from Dub. Welcome to Connection Loop, our actionable podcast about building businesses with daily human connections. Connection Loop features long form interviews with fascinating people in sales, marketing, and beyond. Enjoy today's episode and learn more about Dub at dub.com. And we are live. Hey guys, this is Ruben from Dub's podcast, Connection Loop, and I'm on with Nina Fareep. And Nina and I have, I think we connected through a mutual contact, uh, Paul, in fact. Uh, so a little shout out to Paul. You know who you are. Uh, talk to me about video marketing. You, you've, been, <laughs> you've been in this for, what, 20 plus years? Yeah, I mean, in one form or another, I've been in film and video production uh, for over 20, quite a bit over 23 years, actually. My business is 23 years old. So, um, yeah, it's been it's been forever and it's changed so much. Right. So I've seen I've seen pretty much everything <laughs> and experienced <laughs> pretty much everything. So, yeah. 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 So what is uh, what is what has the journey been like to go from a filmmaker to to a video marketer and that whole process that that actually was a really interesting pivot because you would think that for a filmmaker to become a video marketer it's kind of you know a no-brainer mm. um but five years ago when i realized that i needed video to promote myself not create videos for my clients um i found myself really stuck because obviously as a small business owner i didn't have you know a big budget to hire a crew and have editors and all that kind of stuff i just had to create something myself and yeah i went to film school but that was way 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 back so um i just um had to teach myself how to shoot i had to teach myself what works and what doesn't work with online marketing and i had to teach myself again how to edit because the last time i edited it was with the reva splicer and with a um you know a a sharp knife of which i still have the scars to show you uh from editing with with a razor blade it was exactly so you know completely different environment and um so i really set out to create videos for myself and sort of went through that process um you know as if i was a small business owner or an entrepreneur who didn't have any video background because i had to do it all myself and of course my learning curve was very quick and very steep because I did have a background as film producer and as director. Um, and, um, you know, and then it just took, took some tinkering to figure out what works, what doesn't work, where is it worth it to sink your time into? Where are you completely and totally wasting your time? And um, even today, I mean, the landscape is just constantly evolving and changing so fast that you just, uh, you just have to keep, keep, Keep at it and and uh, make sure that you don't lose touch with what's going on. Now, there's there's this theme that I think that uh, you really evangelize, which is being consistent. Mm -hmm. And uh, I totally agree with you. I think it's so important. I think that so many people they start doing something and then they drop off, and then they start yeah. doing something else and then they drop off. What has been your experience um, with consistency, and how can you recommend that people actually improve their overall consistency? I mean, so consistency, obviously, it's it's not just video, it's it's everything in life, right? So um, as far as video marketing goes, uh, I myself didn't get consistent until I didn't start running um, video challenges for clients, and I actually participated in them myself. So these are month-long affairs where we post Monday through Friday every day. 
and um, and then we you know we we comment on each other's videos, etc., to also give give us a boost. So it's sort of a dual purpose thing. And where um, and where do you do this exactly? Um, so where wherever like the, my participants can post wherever they want, as long as they can have and pardon my dog in the background. Oh, we love dogs. No. Um, <laughs> So, you know, we, you, I let my people post wherever they want to post. Um, I personally, I live on LinkedIn. It's my digital home. Uh, a lot of my participants are on LinkedIn as well because that's where I find my clients. But I have had participants who are big into Instagram, Facebook. Um, those are probably sort of the three main places where videos get posted. So this is almost like an accountability group of some sort or like a Yeah, yeah. And then where do you guys kind of hang out? Is there like a group that you guys use or where's the collaboration? Yeah. So talking of Paul, I basically copied his model and uh, did a copy paste of his organizational um, setup as he has it on Slack. And this um, is and this is Paul Higgins. From, this is uh, Paul Higgins from Build, Build Live, Live Give. Give. Yep, yeah, exactly. Uh, I've been a member of his pod since November of uh, 2019, and uh, I thought the way it was set up was brilliant. It was easy. It was very well organized. And it was simple, and that those were all the things I was looking for. So, so basically, what I'm doing with these challenges is I'm taking people to uh, they they are accountable to posting every day. Uh, if they don't post, they will hear from me. Um, and it's also much more and much more beyond that. It is that group feeling and that we do weekly calls. So not only are you posting your own videos and seeing everybody else's content, um, you're also, um, it, you know, bonding sort of in, in, in your misery of having to post every day uh, yeah. in, a, in a weekly group call. Um, where, you know, I teach a little bit, but it really, for me, it is about talking about what worked, what didn't work, you know, wh where are you with your, you know, your, your, your level of freak out over the challenge. Because, you know, a whole month will bubble up anything that is holding you back in real life with doing video. A month is a long time. It's, it's four full weeks, sometimes a couple of extra days, and you have to post that video every single day. You, I, I give people until 5 p.m. Eastern Standard. Um, and then, you know, on top of that, you're also commenting on everybody else's videos. So you're actually seeing what other people are doing. And, and that creates sort of like, I don't want to use the word rat race, but it's kind of, you know, it's, it's like, a, ooh. So maybe a collaborative or competitive, yeah. not, maybe yeah. not competitive, yeah. but inspirational. Yeah. Inspirational, yeah. yeah. And and I've, I've had some really diverse groups, um, which some people like, some people don't, but I love the diversity because then you'd get to see really different, not only levels of skill set, and like in my first um, group, I had two phenomenal like people who just had a down pat and they just wanted the accountability. And I had complete beginners who were struggling just to get a video out a week. But they, they kept at it and they tried. And by the end, you know, I had pe those people also started posting daily. So, you know, as long as you're learning something and you're moving the needle, um, I don't care whether you're starting from scratch or whether you're already accomplished. So got it. Um, yeah. And it's, you know, it's interesting because uh, this idea of uh, a little cohort or a pod or a group of, of creators that are putting stuff and material out there and that are kind of collaborating, getting feedback, you know, getting support, um, that's, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, it's not easy. <laughs> uh, it's not easy putting content out there, especially when you're on a consistent, frequent basis. I know that first and yeah. foremost because I'm out there a lot and I'm doing stuff. Now, I, I don't, I'm not part of a pod per se, I've never done something like that, but I kind of am because I notice it's the same 
20 people and I'm always looking to support them. You know, if they're putting a post out there, I always try to like, comment, share, mm-hmm. whatever it is that I can do. Something authentic. I don't do it just, just to do it. I do it because I want to. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I spent at least, I don't know, I spent probably at least 30 to 60 minutes a day on LinkedIn yep. um, just consuming content, not even posting. Mm-hmm. And then posting is another half an hour, maybe. Yep. So it's a, it's a, it's a thing. I mean, uh, what is your sort of uh, your best kind of advice for people that want to get that want to get started into creating content, putting it on LinkedIn or any social channel for mm-hmm. that matter? Um, so I think consistency, as, as, as we started the conversation with the word consistency, consistency is key. So I'd rather have you put out a not perfect video than not putting out a video at all. Mm. And um, you know, for, for, so for instance, I've started dabbling with what I'm calling uh, the naked video series, mm. uh, where only the video is naked. Um, and I actually record those with dub because it, it's quick and easy. And I have that little countdown clock. So since the n- naked video series does not get edited at all, I want to keep my video production to time to an absolute minimum because I'm doing it daily. Um, so I record it with dub. And then I just um, upload it as it is. I create a thumbnail. I create an, um, a closed captioning file and it goes up on link- LinkedIn like that. So I can bring my production time, including thinking about what I want to say, recording it and uploading it. That is like now a 25 to 30 minute cycle. Most time is being spent trying to get a decent video off the ground uh, recorded, right? So. Um, you know, and, and that is for, you know, if you want to be consistent, you have to make your life easy and not bog yourself down with massive equipment and a big setup and all, all those things that make it a reason not to do it. Um, and uh, the other advice I would have is batch produce. So if you have content that you can pre-produce, produce like, you know, a week's worth every Sunday night or every Monday morning or whenever it is, shoot those five videos so you have them. And um, that works really well for most people. However, in the current political climate, it has happened more than once to me since March of this year, 2020, that I've had to pull content because either it was tone deaf because of COVID, it was tone deaf because of uh, Black Lives Matter. So, you know, you, you, you do have to have that kind of flexibility as a layer on top if you are posting daily because you can't just tone deafly put out whatever <clears throat> i i used to do that a lot more and i and i actually miss it i miss doing that i used to mm-hmm. spend um a day probably a week where i would explore 10 topics and i would get so much content produced and i would just get into the flow one of the things that actually really helped me was when i was in a co-working space i was we had an office at we work yeah and uh you know, we kind of float throughout the, the space and there's different locations and it was kind of interesting and it, it mm-hmm. didn't feel drab or boring. Yeah. And I, and I, and I have to admit that I kind of miss that. Uh, you know, what would you say uh, for me to kind of get back into that? How can, mm-hmm. how can I sort of act, reactivate myself to get into that flow? I mean, I can only tell you what works for me and what I seek work for my clients. Um, 
And interesting enough is the more I am on LinkedIn, the more I interact with other people, the more I look at other people video, people's videos, the more content I have. And either I'm being inspired by something somebody else says, which I know I can bring back that topic to the question of, you know, how to harness video marketing, um, or I can, I, I'll find some questions in my comments where I'm like, oh, great, this person, you know, has a, a new question that no one has ever asked me before. Let's make a video about that or let's make a post about that. So by being out there, whether I think it's physical and you're perusing the hallways of WeWork or whether you are perusing the, um, you know, the uh, posts, postings of, of your, of your, um, of your, peeps on LinkedIn, it's more or less the same thing. You're just getting inspiration from what the conversation is currently. And currently the conversation is on digital media and not around the water cooler. Um, but it's pretty right. much the same thing. Um, and then I think, you know, any curious person, I mean, I, I was last week when I finally found my voice again after I went silent for a week. Um, and then I, I started posting last week about, you know, the power of video and how without video, we would not never have seen, you know, what we're seeing with the protesters going on right now without the power of video, we wouldn't have the voice to help affect change that is desperately needed in this country. So, you know, it, it took me a moment, but, you know, again, I talk about video marketing, that's my thing. And that's where um, I can bring value to the conversation. So let me take what's going on in today's world and bring it back, you know. So be it that dub in your case is being used for people to organize themselves, to leave messages, um, you know, like, you know, this year, it's also an election year. We haven't even talked about the election yet. <laughs> Where you know, It already feels like we've lived three centuries in this one half a year. Right. <laughs> Um, you know, who, who who is reaching out, you know, to um, to voters? Do it with dub, you know, what what better, you know, just you're writing people's um, message on LinkedIn. And um, I'm, I don't, I'm not big on Facebook, but I know for LinkedIn, it's it's a great way to get into people's inbox like that with video. So, well, it's it's interesting that you should say that, because one of the things that we I'd say one of the most challenging things for us is this idea of branching out into new audiences. Mm -hmm. You know, we kind of, we by now know which of the audiences work really well for Dub, where yeah. they hear about us, they sign up, they start to use it, they see some success. Um, but there are some other industries and sort of use cases or groups uh, where we, we might have a similar success, mm -hmm. but it's challenging to break through. Yep. Because maybe they're using less less video as overall, mm -hmm. or maybe they're just less present. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's more legacy based. Um, you know, there's a couple of industries that come that come to mind for me. But what would uh, just to put you on the spot here, uh, <laughs> and to get some some free advice? Yeah. Um, how do you think that we how do you think a, a company can break into new industries? I mean, what probably one of the best ways to do it is to just do, and thanks for putting me on the spot, by the way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> is, I mean, hey, you're a New Yorker, so, you know. <laughs> well, and I'm, and I'm a producer, so I know yeah. think on my feet. Um, so, I mean, the, 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 the old-fashioned way to do it is to do a case study, right? Um, oh, get somebody, nice. Get somebody, like, if you want to break into realtors, uh, get, get a couple of your realtor buddies, offer them something or everything for free, and do a kick-ass, um, you know, case study with them where they use your service. Um, 
and, and then then I think that is replicable um, for for any vertical, right? You can use that with the lawyers. You can use that with um, you know dentists, whatever. Um, I think, and that is actually something I on purpose shy away with in terms of who my perfect client avatar is. The education element to convince someone who's not yet convinced that video is the way to go. And I think after this COVID um, you know, um, disaster, if anybody is not convinced that, that you know, video is the way to go, I don't know on the what rock they've been hiding. Um, but for, for me as a small business owner, the, the, the energy and the um, input that I need to create to convince somebody that is not convinced yet to use video, and that video is in effect something that will be useful to them, I don't do that. The people I work with come to me because they know that video is good for them. They know they need to use it if they want to survive as a small business owner. And they have tried it and they have miserably failed at it, or they're not only doing it sort of half, half you know, half-assed and they want they want a leg up. Mm-hmm. Um, because they, those are the people who come to me who see the value in what I can offer them. And I think that's why I mentioned realtors at first, because realtors are one of the first adapters in the industry mm-hmm. of video, only that they use it for the listings, not necessarily for themselves. Yeah. And the young realtors that are up and coming, they're all on Instagram. And I mean, I think realtors would be a perfect match for something like dub i mean that would be to me a total no-brainer yeah no that that's a great point that's actually a big big part of our segment is is real estate agents in fact Mm -hmm. um one of the stories behind dub is that it's a love story and that my wife is a real estate agent and Uh watching her door knock and watching her getting her career started Mm -hmm. and the trials and tribulations of real estate agent trying to just build up an early book of business where you don't necessarily want to go and bother your sphere of influence and call friends and family because not everyone in real estate they say to do that in fact in a lot of industries where it's more b2c and it's kind of a broad product or service that you're Mm -hmm. selling they say go to your sphere of influence go to your friends go to your family try to get your first customers there and i respect people that don't necessarily want to do that because it's sometimes annoying and you become that annoying person on facebook and instagram and just at parties where you're just trying to hustle something and sometimes that proof of concept and that really difficult journey of Mm -hmm. finding people out in the wild that don't know about you is is better better data and yep. obviously using video is, is a great way to kind of jump ahead of a lot of your competitors yeah yeah you know yeah and I think what I'm hoping is and I mean I'm seeing it with 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 my growth numbers in the last three months is a lot of people are feeling a lot more comfortable being on zoom and being on conference calls all day so I think there's actually really a um I think that's a big opening for people like you and me to to grab all of those laggards that didn't see the value of video yeah. or um, completely freaked out. And that's something I hear a lot as an objective is like people are really afraid to be on camera, to look um, to look bad, number one, to sound bad. They don't want to deal with editing themselves because they think it's just awkward. And they also feel that there's sort of a, a permanence around video that makes them very nervous. And I always tell my clients, it's like these videos that we create for social media, they're like a tissue. It's a one-way affair. They just like, you know, sneeze, throw out, sneeze, throw out. <laughs> no, you know, you bring your video every day. <laughs> but not on YouTube. <laughs> well, but YouTube, YouTube is a different thing. You know, it's a different yeah. animal. To me, YouTube, I mean, and I'm by no means a YouTube expert. 
just have that be said loud and clear. But to me, YouTube is a search engine first and foremost. And like I use it as a, um, as a depository. So everything that I produce gets, unless it's like terrible, terrible, it, I dump it on, on YouTube. I put it into playlists. So when a client has a specific need question, whatever, I can say, oh, this playlist is perfect for you. And I've actually, I'm also using Vimeo for that matter and actually using Vimeo more and more just because it's, um, I can control what it looks like and I don't get the, um, uh, you know, the, the, the cute dog videos playing after, which yeah. inevitably get suckered into. Yeah. At least I do as a dog owner. Um, so, so, you know, for me, Vimeo is, a, is um, um, YouTube is, is a completely different animal. Yeah, that makes sense. I, the way that I kind of look at this is, um, YouTube for, for me is it's, it's, it's like a Mecca. It's just this amazing place for marketing and for original content, but it's, mm-hmm. I think it's the most challenging no. because, uh, pe- you know, if you're consistent on LinkedIn and I think that you've already seen the success for this, you're going to see results. You're going to see a yeah. brand lift. You're going to see people reaching out to you. You're going to see a network effect. Mm-hmm. It's powerful and it works yeah. and it's not immediate, but it's near immediate, you know? Mm-hmm. And to your point, it's, like tissue it's very ephemeral it comes it goes and if you don't stay consistent which is your major thesis then it's sort of like don't do it you know mm-hmm. um, whereas with YouTube not only do you have to be con- it's it's almost like you're sprinting a marathon and not only do you have to be consistent <laughs> yeah you have to also be entertaining yeah. and you also have to create a massive body of work because mm-hmm. it's episodic in nature it's long form yep. you know LinkedIn Twitter Instagram might be 60 seconds to two, three minutes. YouTube likes six to 12 minute videos. I mean, yeah. look at the, the, if you look at the top 10, 20 trending videos on YouTube right now, they're pretty much all are long form. So yeah. it's very challenging and we are going through that process. We have a, we have a channel called the daily dub on YouTube and we mm-hmm. have a lot of fun with it, but every week or two, we, we kind of rethink about it. And we sometimes, sometimes I have some, um, trepidation, some, uh, uh, not exactly knowing where the journey goes, but consistency to your point, yeah. it's relevant for all social networks. So are you actually getting clients in through your YouTube channel? You know, yeah, we, we actually see our, our traffic. When we look at our traffic, it, it's, it's kind of diverse, but a lot of it comes from our blog, which is, mm-hmm. which is largely fueled by video. And that's one of the things that we've, I, I'm kind of proud of because it's this idea of, Writing is, is powerful and search mm-hmm. engines love writing. Google yeah. loves blog posts, um, but it's difficult to write them and to mm-hmm. come up with topics. And mm-hmm. sometimes you can't do it with the distractions that are happening. Unless you're a writer that's mm-hmm. heads down, it's very difficult to, to be focused. Um, yeah. uh, whereas with video, you know, I'm fully present in this conversation right now with you mm-hmm. and I'm learning from you. And this is a perfect example of a video that can then catalyze could be converted, repurposed into a blog post. And that's a lot of what we do. So blog, YouTube, you know, our support channel, some advertisement, you know, we, we kind of keep it, keep it diverse. You know, yeah. our affiliate yeah. program is a big part of, of Dub since mm-hmm. we pay, you know, recurring commissions. So it's a fun process. Yeah. And I mean, as you said, repurposing is, is so hugely important. So, you know, in order to get to five times a day, uh, a day, a uh, God, God forbid. Um, <laughs> I've done that before. It's exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think five, five times a week is enough. Um, but you know what, what? What I've been doing, like you, 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 like the naked video series, right? You start like looking for shortcuts or for I didn't want to call them shortcuts. You're looking for creative ways 
to create video without going driving yourself, you know, absolutely bonkers. So I've started doing like in the beginning when I did the video challenges, I would ask every member of the challenge to give me a testimonial after. And I bring them on a Zoom call and we'll talk. And then I would edit this very elaborate, like, you know, cut it down to three really succinct, beautiful minutes. And I did that like 10 times. And after 10 times, I'm like, I'm such an idiot. Why not, instead of like spending all this time on making it a cohesive story and using four or five quotes out of the, why not just make four or five single videos, each one quote? And so with the last um, challenge, that's what I did. And now I have a library of unused, I think 25 videos that I'm going to be able to just sprinkle throughout my social media, um, uh, you know, as, as, as I go in the next couple of months. So if I have an off day or, you know, something that didn't work out, I just have, I have a library of videos to use. That's very cool. Mm. What does naked videos mean? Okay. So, um, so I, I was attempting to create a, a way to quickly create videos. And we, we talked earlier about it. So, which is for which I'm using dub. And the idea was that um, the naked actually came originally from my face. I didn't want to bother with makeup and hair and all that stuff, right? But then I'm like, actually, the real-time sync is not putting on some mascara and, and brushing my hair. The real-time sync is the editing and all the all the schnick-schnack around that. Mm. So... Um, my my naked video series um my introduction to that is that this you know welcome to the naked video series where the only thing naked is the video so the video is without graphics that's that's a long way to say the video is without graphics it's naked okay. um so in the beginning i just posted the video which was you know your thumbnail would have just been what you're seeing right now here and then I, I, I realized that on LinkedIn, um, and as well as on social media, obviously, uh, on, on, and on YouTube, you know, the video needs to pop. So I made the concession to create the thumbnail. Um, and, then, and then I took it a step further and created the um, concession to create a um, closed captioning file. Oh, I see. And then what, what is the process that you use for that? Closed captioning, so it's still a two-step process. Um, I know you have closed captioning built in on the on Dub, which is amazing. Um, but I'm up, I'm uploading my videos natively and um, into LinkedIn. And from what I understand, I I lose the SRT at that point. So I uploaded to a thing called Otter.ai. Oh yeah, it transcribes it for me. It's machine transcribed, but it does a really good job. And then I just download it from there. And then the, with LinkedIn, I don't have to marry the two, the video and the uh, closed captioning file. I can upload them separately. So that means that I, again, I can circumvent editing. So when I upload to LinkedIn, I always have three files I'm uploading. I'm uploading the video, I'm uploading the thumbnail, I'm uploading the SRT file. That's a that's such a great workflow. Um, I'm fans of otter.ai. We've used, mm -hmm. um, we've used Amazon Transcribe, and then we've used rev.com. And I love Rev, um, and then um, because it's ma it's it's manually transcribed. Well, they have both, yeah, they have both, yeah. yeah. And on the manual, which I really loved, but then I got a couple of videos in back to back back that were not perfect. I'm like, okay, yeah. if I have to go and check on it anyway, then I might as well go with a machine, you know. And, and Daughter AI is so inexpensive. I mean, you can't beat it. So yeah, it's yeah. it's really good. Yeah, we actually what we built on Dub was we we wanted kind of a couple of specific um, use cases. Number one was the ability to create the SRT file for the videos being played on a Dub 
action yeah. video page. And then the second use case is the ability to download an SRT for Facebook, for LinkedIn, mm -hmm. for YouTube. Um, and that works nicely. But the third one is kind of a unique one, which I'm yet to see, um, at least in the way that we do it, not to talk about our own stuff, but it's the ability to download an, a video into a stripped down, clean text format. And that just means that it's a blog post. So now mm -hmm. what we're doing is we're taking video content. So imagine those videos that you're producing and creating, mm -hmm. get the closed captionings, download them as text files, and then post a blog about that. Mm -hmm. And you've got 90% of the content developed. Now you might have, you're going to have to go back in and make some changes, make some of updates. Yeah. You know. And then clean it up a bit. Clean yeah, it up. So, so basically, and that's what I do when I, I when I export from Otter AI. I always always export my SRT file and my doc file. Oh, nice. So I just have so, and I I name. I'm I'm very very precise. I'm, I'm Swiss by 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 birth, so um, just by design. So I uh, I'm, I'm very precise about things. So I do I do like save them always everything together so they have the exact same name so it's like you know video abc the video video abc the, the the thumbnail the srt file and the transcript so i i keep those together and um when i do upload to youtube and vimeo i also upload the transcript mm -hmm. um, to make search searching easier um although i hear now that's not necessary anymore um that uh, web crawlers can also search audio. I don't know whether that's true, but somebody. Yeah, that's it. that's interesting. Yeah, yeah I've I've noticed some updates around that. It seems yeah. like that's the trend. Makes sense. Yeah. So, so just just follow up question. So I can actually indeed download an SRT file on Dub from your videos. Oh yeah. Uh -huh. oh, so one so one click, and then the other so thing that you can do is you can download it as an SRT, yeah. fix it, and then yeah. re-upload it or change it and use it on LinkedIn or whatever. That's how we do it, yeah. Yeah, so that saves me the step of going on to Otter AI. Brilliant. There you go, yeah. Check it Thank out. You. Love to get yeah. your feedback. Um, so here's a little little shift in the convo. You mm -hmm. mentioned that you're Swiss and that you are fo you're precise. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm a huge fan of Swiss Army knives, um, both as an analogy and as actually the, the actual knives. Like, as ever since I was a kid, I was obsessed <laughs> with those. Yep. And I've always had this question and I've been to Switzerland a number of times, yeah. And uh, and I and I love the country and I love the people. But my question for you is, where does that precision come from? Um, that so two things. I think um, Switzerland has a complete lack of natural resources, right? I mean, we have some cows that run around the Alps, uh, but there's not that many because the Alps are very steep. Um, so I think we always had to focus on things other than, you know, producing oil or God knows what, right? So, um, so you know, Swiss design, um, uh, pharmaceuticals, uh, the watch industry. Yeah. Uh, I mean, all of that, banking, it's all numbers, um, uh, precision, uh, detail, quality. Um, and, you know, and these are also, for the most part, qualities you find in Germany. And I think, you know, we, everybody's staying on top of each other in Europe um, and, and Switzerland sort of being nestled, nestled between, you know, the Italian part. And we have an, you know, we have an Italian speaking part in Switzerland. We have a French speaking part and we have a German speaking part. And then there's a fourth part, which speaks some ancient Latin dialect, which is where my family's from. So, um, you know, you and, you, and now let me guess, you speak all those languages, right? 
All of them, but the one that I am from, because it's so <laughs> archaic. Yeah, but I, I mean, I used to be fluent in French and Italian. I can hold my own, but I wouldn't. I would say I'm, I'm conversational at best at this point. But um, Swiss German, German English, total proficiency and fluency. Yeah, um, and for being a Swiss person, that's nothing special. So right, right. Um, yeah, but so I think I think the bottom line of your question is uh, it's a lack of natural resources and and sort of being at the at the center of, of European, you know, between Paris and London and Munich or whatever was big in, in, in Vienna, you know, all these like intellectual, Basel being a huge like intellectual hobnob in, in the old days with, with having the first, one, some of the first universities in Europe period. Mm. So um, I, I think that there, there was just a bre breeding ground for, um, you know, going in, going in rather than out. <laughs> Interesting. That makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, if if you don't have uh, a natural resource per se, mm -hmm. and the value that you can provide is from labor mm -hmm. and products that might be already commoditized. I mean, when I think of a watch, mm -hmm. uh, how do you how do you make a watch so valuable? How do you turn a watch into a timepiece? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's, that, pre it's precision engineering. Um, but it, it's also marketing. It's it's. I mean, it's one thing to be precise. It's. Yeah. I mean, some of those like Patek Philippe and Rolex, and you know the way that they market those is that it's a true timepiece, a true piece of legacy that you yeah. hand off generationally. I mean, mm -hmm. that's brilliant marketing as well. That's. I mean, yeah. a five thousand or a fifty thousand dollar watch is. It doesn't tell time differently. From and, <laughs> yeah. and and at the other spectrum of it, we do have swatches. You know, Switzerland. Oh. Watch was invented in Switzerland too. Which is one of the most phenomenally marketed companies. Yeah. I think Apple has taken so much from Swatch. Yeah, I'm, I'm from not colors I'm not, and design yeah. and. Yeah. No Swatch. I mean, when Hayek, um, who his last name um, gives it away is not, you know, originally Swiss. I think he was from Hungary. Um, and when Hayek came up with, with the swatch, I mean, that was such a revolution of making the cheap cool and um, amazing. And I, I never forget as a, as a young person, he would show up and he would have like three watches on each arm. And, you mm. know, it's like, it, it, it was just like, it was breaking all the boundaries of like, you know, I mean, you know, be, being Swiss, when I turned 30, I never forget my mother marched me to a jewelry store and bought me a really beautiful watch because that's what one does. And if one were to be married, <laughs> one would have gotten that watch from from the husband. Now, I had to get it from my mother, right, so, over my parents. So, um, but, but that was a tradition, you know, you got that beautiful time, yeah, legacy timepiece that was going to, you know, be something that you care you wore for the rest of your life and that that was part of the culture or is part of the culture the word is legacy and and when i think of legacy and i i think of of uh you know the content that we're creating and the things that we're that we're doing and the help that we're providing people you know i think it's absolutely legacy and you know i think of, about a lot of the videos that we do and how th they are like leaving a legacy behind you know it's like passing off maybe it's not a, maybe it's not giving a watch to your daughter or to your son but at the same time it's putting something out there that other people can benefit from and then they can learn and then they can share it with someone else i mean 
You have learned stuff from Paul Higgins. I have learned stuff from people like Paul Higgins. I have learned stuff from people like yourself. And then I can then, you know, pass it off. I'm always really good about giving attribution. I don't like stealing something and say, oh, here's this new thing called naked videos that Ruben Dua invented. (laughs) (laughs) I don't do that. And anyone that does, it's just not worth it. So don't do that. No, I mean, as I said, you know, I, and, and I think it's nothing wrong with plagiarizing. You just want to let, no, you want to make do, give do where do is do. And, and yes, um, you know, like, like what I'm doing with my, you know, video challenges, that is definitely, um, you know, I'm copy, I copied that, that the mechanics of it definitely from Paul and he knows it. he's done my video challenge actually. So he knows yeah. for sure. Um, but yeah. And I mean, and I think with legacy and this is one thing that, you know, the, the people, um, who do do video consistently, normally want to do video consistently, not only to get new clients, but to leave that legacy and be that thought leader in their respective field of expertise. And I think that is um, where I really take pride in helping my clients find their voice around that, because that's when that's when it becomes meaningful enough that you will put up with whatever you need to be putting up with in order to produce five videos a week, or, you know, even if it's just one a week, but it's, it's something that establishes you and puts you into a step beyond the run of the mill. And, and that's why I mostly work with mission driven entrepreneurs because that mission makes them want to, you know, move forward and, and get, get, get that legacy out there. And video is a great way to do it. You know, I love that. I love how you put that. Um, you know, I, I think about branding a lot. I think about branding and, you know, there's this, there was this idea of, of branding that I think Seth Godin uh, explained at one point, which is, I think he talked about a hotel. Mm-hmm. And if Nike had a hotel, you know, what would that hotel look like? Whereas if Hilton made shoes, what would those shoes look like? And it was mm-hmm. you know, what your takeaway is supposed to be is that you know, Nike would have an awesome hotel and that Hilton would have, you know, terrible shoes. And I, I, I don't, I don't connect to that as I, you know, I think yeah. that that's a really anti, I, I love Seth Godin. I think he's a cool dude. He's got a cool yeah. haircut. Um, but or, I, or the lack thereof. <laughs> I love how he uses his head. Like as a, it's like, it's like iconic. I love that. Um, so shout out to him, but but at the same time, you know, I think that branding is not about an experience necessarily, and it's not about something that we see and something that we feel. It's about people now, and it's not about the Nike logo. It's about what Nike is doing for people and the people that are representing you know, Nike and all these great brands, whether it be a hotel company or a shoe company, it doesn't really matter. And I think we all, through video and through communication, through storytelling and through consistency, to your point, have the ability to to be more pro- powerful in branding than I think any large company because we have a voice and it's just getting out there and it's it's so much more real and authentic, you know. Yeah. And I mean, we are, and especially if you are if you're a mission driven entrepreneur, you're a service entrepreneur. Uh, in most cases, then you are the brand, and that's what I I tell my clients. It's like you you are the product as a yes. service provider, so you need to you need to be on video so people know who they're working with. And I'm going to close my window because in a second we're going to have a lot of clapping going on. Well, let me let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Can we actually? Can you take us? Can you actually show us what that looks like in New York? Um, you know, I, a month ago I could have, but w- people are getting really lazy. Oh, um, and and my and my laptop is actually hardwired because. Oh, okay. So, um, <laughs> All I right. My internet connection, but um, uh, cool. You, you will hear my dog barking, so that will okay. be what you're getting. 
<laughs> well, maybe maybe we'll wrap it here. Yeah. Uh, you know what a what a great combo about that was consistency awesome. and legacy and um, just the power of our voice. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Not to be underestimated because we all do have a voice. So and we need to use it. Yeah. And then uh, just to give you a shout out, um, where can uh, people find you on LinkedIn? Mm -hmm. I know I know that you've got a couple of great channels. Yeah. So LinkedIn is where if you want to meet me, I'm on LinkedIn. That's where I spend um, my digital life um, is there. So that's Nina Fareep, F-R-O-R-I-E-P. And I'm the only one with that name. So no, no, no finding somebody else in as a mistake. Uh, my website is Clockwise Productions. Um, it is currently undergoing a major, major rebranding. So I hope that in the next couple of weeks, the new website will be up. I, I for one, cannot wait. Um, and then I am on Instagram also as Clockwise Productions. But um, Instagram, Facebook are... I don't want to say an afterthought, but you know, where, if if you really want to interact with me, LinkedIn is is the place to go. Cool. And then I've got some I've got some links here in the comments for uh, for folks to check you out. And I'm psyched that I'm connected with you on LinkedIn, and I look forward to watching your next video, uh, your next naked video. Actually. Okay. It'll come out soon. At this <laughs> <right>. <laughs> cool. Thank you so much, Nina. Thank you so much for the opportunity. I had a wonderful talk time talking with you. Yeah, likewise. Take care. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye.